Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Capsule. Here we open the capsule on several health conditions and concerns that may help you gain knowledge to better your well-being. How's it going, Nan? Not too sharp today. Um, yeah. Just finishing nice. work as usual. Nice. Last nice. day for the week before, well, my mm-hmm. next shift is on Sunday, so I got two days off. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty long. Uh, yeah, but pretty long and hectic week for me, so it's pretty dead. Yeah. Did you have a, a pretty big week? Yeah, week, um, I mean, the weekend was big because um, I got yeah. my citizenship. So, nice. Uh, Full-fledged nice. Aussie now. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Put some stream on the Barbie. Uh, nice. Because <laughs> uh-huh. um, it's funny story. I went to Quiznot on Monday. That's also yeah. part why I'm so tired now as well. Because like, Quiznot is in Mandra. It's run until like 10 o'clock. <laughs> By the time oh, nice. I'm home, it's 11. <laughs> anyway, and then one of the questions was about, um, have you watched the movie Dumb and Dumber? Dumb and Dumber, yeah. Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was a part where the girl, she's from Austria, but then the mm. guy thought it's Australia. Australia. And then he was like, yeah. oh, good day, mate, and uh, put a stream <laughs> on the Barbie or something like that. Just like, pretty stupid. <laughs> um, nice. And um, I had my baptism as well, so full fledged oh, Catholic. Nice. Oh, nice. Nice. The son Very of Jesus. Very big change. I'm the son of God, <laughs> sorry. Wrong words. Sorry, yeah. Son of Jesus, excuse me. Yep, yep. Uh, you was there, so uh, you know you can see. Oh yes, I was there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, you can yes. see quite special. Mm, it was uh quite enlightening, I must say. Yeah, very very wet day too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then after that, just just tired in general. Mm. Uh, how Fair about enough. you? Uh, yeah, pretty cruisy weekend um went to a baptism so that was oh, yeah? quite fun ah, yeah interesting yeah it was not bad um there was a bit of cake afterwards which was uh, quite tasty oh yep oh yeah um yeah the only other thing we did like a cholesterol health day on monday oh yeah so we were just offering like free cholesterol and glucose checks if you're like one of our like pharmacy members oh yeah that's good like the loyalty members so uh, yeah did quite a few um and yeah it was good to sort of like because you know if you don't exactly want to hear that something's like wrong with your body or anything which usually is why you don't go see the doctor and then things get left undiagnosed so Yeah. yeah it was good to see like um people approaching and being like yeah i haven't actually had blood tested so i just want to like do like a screening basically oh yeah Fair and enough. then you can just sort of like be like oh look it's a bit high maybe just get it further checked and yeah so it was quite good um everyone was quite friendly and yeah had good chats ah, nice ah, good for the people oh have you watched yeah. this new shows on netflix it's called the business of drugs no oh is that like brand new uh sort of brand or new like yeah it's out about like a couple of weeks now but oh okay it's, no no, no uh, i haven't seen it oh yeah it's it's really cool because it's basically talk about like how the like this is like illicit drugs so you got your marijuana mm. your coke your heroin opioid all this you know meth nice, nice. Uh, all that yeah, yeah. stuff uh then how they are being made how they being mm. um smuggled into the country what's the oh, yeah? 
money, like the business side of it. Like, so it's like very interesting. And um, okay. it's um, sort of, you know, lead to our topic today. Like, uh, what would you say? Like methadone? Oh, yep, yep, yep. It's, yeah. uh, it's op- um, opioid substitution. Opioids? Therapy. Yep, sounds about right. Nice, nice. Very good. Good job. Um, so let's start with some fact, which uh, I sort of got it from the documentary and some on online as well. So about 250 million people across the world use drugs at least once during 20, back in 2016. Um, I haven't used myself. Not sure about you. Um, uh, no, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Maybe it's no. just on the podcast. Uh, that's fine. Just yep, yep. Uh, and among them, there's about 34 million people use opioids. Um, one in 25 Australians age 14 and over has misused pharmaceutical opioids in the last 12 months in 2019, which is a uh, Pretty high ratio, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cost of opioids used that lead to like medical problems uh, cost Australia about fifteen billions dollars, and there was about two thousand two hundred and three deaths as well. Right. Um, in Australia, there's about fifty thousand people on the pharmacotherapy treatment program for their opioid dependence and there are more than 2,800 dosing points across Australia's uh, and about 3,000 prescribers as well of these programs. So that is um, a pretty good uh, good support program for people who want mm-hmm. to turn their life around. Um, so before we actually dig deep into the uh, programs where well, let's talk quickly about opioids. So um, opioids is like come from the poppy plants that um, pretty popular in like um, if you're from Asia, come from like Myanmar or Burma. Um, Sometimes like uh, I think Pakistan, no Afghanistan. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they are big in growing the poppy plants there. And then opioids, drugs, example can be your morphine, oxycodone, tapentadol, tramadol, codeine. Yeah, you can name like fair few. Um, and those opioids, they act on the three opioid receptor in the system. They are mu, delta, and kappa, but we don't need to go too deep into it. Uh, Tolerance and dependence are induced by chronic exposure to opioids more than any other group of drugs. Tolerance means the higher the dose of opioids are required to produce uh, the same effect as before. Uh, So in terms of opioid substitution program, or we might call it OST, uh, methadone and buprenorphine are appropriate for those with significant opioid dependence wishing to... Um, stop uh, use of opioids and dependence on it. Uh, substitution treatment with methadone or buprenorphine replace short-acting opioids such as like your heroin, your oxycodone with a long-acting opioid that can be taken orally. Um, 
is designed to minimize the intoxication effects, blocking the euphoria effect when you take like heroin and stuff, um, and preventing withdrawal from the opioid as well. Uh, it is very effective uh, in engaging opioid dependence people in the treatment. Um, do do you guys do at your pharmacy? Yeah, with the the replacement program. Yeah, so it's it's quite interesting because it's like associated with like that sort of stigma that the people coming in are those sort of people. But then you think about it, it's like they're the ones that are trying to get back on track and they need the support, which, yeah, like I think it's a really good program. Yeah, Definitely it is. to have in pharmacy as well because it's so approachable as well. Yeah, because I'm... Um, yeah. uh, when I did my placement back in the day, I was at Next Step, which is like the mm. central point for uh, the CPOP program, which is that's what we call mm. in Western Australia. Um, and back in the day, it used to be that's the only points, or only like there's only like five or six Next Step centers across Perth, and people have to come there to get those. Mm. That this is before like pharmacy can do it, and then. But that led to a problems where all of people who are on drugs, they tend to gather around and then increase the risk of having complications, Com- violence, yeah. behavior, and stuff like that. So that's why they let the pharmacy do it, which is a good idea as well because spread out, uh, more accessible for the patients as well. So it's just mm-hmm. a lot better. And it's like an area of trust as well. Like yes, that's right. When you're in the walls of the pharmacy, which... Actually, it was quite interesting because I only found out maybe like six months ago. So my mom's, so she works in social welfare, but she's done dosing before over in Sydney. Interesting. So I I thought that like only a pharmacist could do it. Like that's been trained and Mm. um, had all that. But um, she was saying that she's done that before. Like this is decades ago. Like we probably was still like in primary school or younger. And um, yeah, so she used to give them the dose as well. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. I had no idea that it's that broad. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure this program has been like going in other countries for a long time as well. So yeah. I suppose, um, yeah, the more accessible it is, the better for the patient and reduce harms as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah. The most common question that, uh, a lot of people ask, like I get asked a lot as well for those who actually just started program is how long will this program take? Um, mm. And there, there, there's no like optimum time. Like it's really at your own pace because it's for your own good. So we can't force you like, no, nope, you have to get out next month. You can't, you have to get out next in a year. It just doesn't work that way. Do it your own pace. And whenever you're comfortable and you are, confidence and you're ready then you can get off it that's that's just better than for them um there are other treatment options as well for opioid dependence uh which i have seen myself when i did my placement and next step so um you can be for withdrawal patients you can be managing them in an inpatient or outpatient setting in like the next step or hospital sometime um, so include like pro- providing medication to reduce withdrawal symptoms. Uh, and it generally they will stay there for about one to two weeks to, for the whole treatments. 
uh, rehab programs provide a supportive environment within a residential setting to assist with the development of healthy life skills. Uh, and then you've got counseling support as well. There's a lot of like helpline, hotlines across the country um, that uh, provide these programs for them, which uh, I can't remember what's the program that I went to. Um, basically, I was there when they taking phone call of people as well, which is like good, exciting experience. So basically with any sort of, uh, like if you've got medications or like treatments, there are always chances of overdosing. So any sort of client that starts these programs, they must be warned about the risks associated with this. Also on the other half of withdrawal as well. So we'll start off with the overdose signs and symptoms. So there's the feeling of being intoxicated, uh, pinpoint pupils, uh, nausea is quite a common one with a lot of things, dizziness, uh, can be a bit of splurred speech, and it can also slow your pulse, so like also known as bradycardia. Uh, sometimes on rare occasions, you can also get like, like the shallow breathing, so like the hypoventilation. Um, there's also more serious ones like frothing at the mouth, so that's more of a sign of pulmonary edema. And so when we go to the other side, so when you've got symptoms of withdrawal, so this can include like agitation, anxiety, um, muscle aches and back pain, uh, can affect sleep as well. Uh, you can get a runny nose, again, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea tends to be the more common ones. So which is why it's quite important when you're on the program that you do follow it um, as your um, health professional advises you to because it's I don't know about you but in terms of like when you've got someone on the program they just need to make sure that they follow it because they can withdraw and then come off the program and then they feel even worse like have you had anyone quit like part way through I got someone quit like after a week which is like Literally just, yeah. ha- just, literally just happened last week. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they started, I think, like four or mm. five days. And then, yeah, never come back since. Never come back. Uh, yeah. So it's been like almost a week that they haven't come back. Because um, the first week is always the hardest. Because you get like, mm. you, you do get some sort of withdrawal symptoms as well yeah. in the first week, even with the treatment. And once you get past that, everything will be fine. But it's just that mm. first week can be hard. Yeah. So like the physical symptoms, they do generally commence about six to 24 hours after your last opioid use. And then as Nan says, the peak in severity two to four days later, which generally subsides by the seventh day. So about a week. Yeah. Um, we've got the psychological features of dysphoria, anxiety, again, can affect sleep um, and increased cravings may continue for a few weeks or months, depending person to person. So we'll start off with the first um, one, which is methadone. So as Nan mentioned about the receptors previously, it's a potent synthetic mu opioid receptor agonist, um, which is 
well absorbed orally and has a very long plasma half-life, which we'll talk about later. So it comes in a syrup, which is usually five milligrams per mil. Uh, I don't know if you've ever, like as you're dosing, have you ever seen, like had the hit of the smell as you're pouring no, it out? Never. Uh, I don't, yeah, because it sort of feels like it's odorless, but when like the patients, I don't know if they describe it to you, they're sort of like, ooh, it's like, and one person told me it was like rat poison, but I don't know if he's tried rat poison before. <laughs> so I was uh, like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, I never test it, yeah. but like, I, I swear there'll be like some drop has somehow landed to my mouth sometime. Cause, uh, <laughs> unintentionally. No, cause I like a lot of time cause I've been getting like sinus problems and I oh, can't yeah. breathe through my nose. I have to breathe through my mouth. So I have to open my <laughs> mouth and I do stuff. And I don't know. The the cup and the uh, the cup must have really good like bouncing effect or something like that. It's like when I <laughs> press the pump, the the solution sort of splash everywhere and there's some drop just get into my mouth. Like it's insignificant, <laughs> but I don't know. Just it's just that. All Might right. be sounds incriminating right now, but yeah, <laughs> unintentional. Right. Unintentional. All right, as long as it's unintentional. Yep. And yeah, so there's two types. You've got your methadone syrup, and then there's also the bidone bidone fort. So that's a bit more of a pinkish color. Yep. Um, so the effects of methadone they're quite similar to morphine and other opioids. So most people who have used opioids will experience fewer side effects from the methadone. So usually the onset of its effect is about 30 minutes after it's been taken um, and your blood levels rising about three to four hours and then it goes down. So the half-life that we were talking about before of a single first dose is usually about 12 to 18 hours. Uh, so roughly 15 if you want to take an average. Um, and then when you've got like a continued daily dosing, the half-life extends to 13 to 47 hours. So roughly 25 hours. So because of this prolonged half-life, it causes the methadone blood levels to continue to rise during the first week of daily dosing. And then it falls relatively slowly between the doses. So withdrawal is a lot less likely to happen in between. Hi. Just one thing I want to add as well on top is um, the difference between the two types of syrup is the biodone, like the pink flavor one is um, there's no sugar and alcohol. So um, if person is diabetic or they're scared of like um, teeth problems, then they can go with the biodone options. And um, actually most of my clients prefer biodone for some reason. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Taste? Yeah, it must be taste. Yeah, they say it tastes better. Uh, But yeah, yeah, sure, no problems. Um, You know, it's their choice is uh, to help them. So take whatever you need. Mm. Um, So normally what happens is the methadone reach the steady state in your body after like three to 10 days. Uh, If one dose is missed from a regular daily dosing, um, the blood concentration will continue to fall gradually over the following 24 to 48 hours. So 
to re-establish a steady state of methadone level can take three to 10 days. So that's why in pharmacy wise, like, you know, if person miss one day, one dose, we, we can let this slide sometime. Uh, not in the, mm-hmm. when they first started, but like after a while, if they like, you know, because of work or some family circumstances, they miss one or two dose, we can let it slide. But any more than that, generally we need to refer back to the prescriber. Um, the major problems associated with methadone is the risk of overdosing. Uh, this risk is very high at the starting period, the induction phase, when methadone is used in combination with other sedative drugs as well. Because a lot of people still think that oh, they can still use like their heroin or their other opioids while they've been on methadone as well, which is not a good idea. Uh, the because of the you know long half life and slow uh and take long for it to reach the certain levels of methadone the overdosing symptoms may not be as obvious at the start but will become life threatening many hours after taking it uh majority of the death of people who are on the methadone programs happen in the first week of treatment unfortunately so uh that's why when a prescriber assess the patient initially or the pharmacist taking a new client in always have to inform them about all of this just so that they don't, they do the right thing. I mean, if you do the right thing, then there's no problems. Uh, the initial phase of methadone withdrawal lasts between five and 21 days. Untreated methadone withdrawal symptoms may be perceived as being longer and more unpleasant than from uh, shorter-acting opioids like heroin or oxycodone. Um, so let's say you've been on methadone for a long time and you're happy to start to win off it and get back to your normal life. So you can reduce about 5 milligram a week at that rate up to 45 milligram a day level. And then after that, you just reduce 2.5 milligram a week. Uh, rate of reductions, again, should be negotiated because like at the end of the day is up to the person uh whatever make them feel comfortable we go with that don't force it don't make it hard for the pa- uh, patient uh, that's methadone the most classic one and then we got next one is buprenorphine which is uh slightly newer options but not that new is a partial opioid agonist at the mu receptor same with uh methadone um even though that buprenorphine is uh uh agonist which is like effect on the mu receptors at low dose there is like a maximum effect so like any higher dose it wouldn't make any further effect uh, the side effects of buprenorphine are very similar to other opioids uh, but it has fewer drug interaction than methadone so it's sort of a bit safer um Buprenorphine uh, have two forms or two types of options. You've got uh, sort of like a sublingual tablet where you will crush it. It's called Subutex. Or it can go as an uh, injection, like long-acting injection, a depot injection that lasts very long in your system. The second option is a combination of buprenorphine and naloxone. So they come in the form of a film, like a sublingual film when you put the films under your tongue. Uh, in a ratio of four to one. 
the buprenorphine naloxone combination products was developed to limit the abuse of buprenorphine by reducing the potential for injections, especially by opioid-dependent users, not in treatments. Oh, I'm just going to quickly add in. Do you remember at uni practicing dosing each other with the films? Oh, yeah, yeah. I still remember that. Tastes yeah. quite right. Orange flavor. Yeah, was, or, yeah, I don't know if that's... Did they say that was going to be the same taste? But like a yeah. placebo, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they say. And uh, I remember when I did my placement, they give me like a whole bunch of it. I was like, okay. <laughs> just try it on the car yeah, ride home. It. Yeah. Alrighty. So the reason um, that they've done this combination one is basically when buprenorphine is used sublingually, its bioavailability is between 30 and 55%, while the bioavailability of the naloxone is less than 10% when it's done sublingually. So when the suboxone is taken sublingually, it'll act as if it's just your buprenorphine alone, and there's no apparent effect with the naloxone. But if you combine the preparation and then inject it, the naloxone will have a substantial effect on the buprenorphine in the short term. So it's less likely to precipitate like a withdrawal in people that are injecting it um, and depend on full opioid agonists. So the peak plasma concentration that we were talking about earlier with methadone, so with um, the buprenorphine, it's one to two hours after sublingual um, and its long acting half-life is about 20 to 73 hours, which is why I don't know if you're um, the ones with the strips, do they tend to do like a second day dosing or yep. do they come in every day? Yeah, they do second day dosing. It's just so second much day. more convenient for them. Like, um, yeah, don't have to come all the time. Yeah. And then if you do like a takeaway, then that's like four days done. So the peak clinical effect occurs about one to four hours after it's sublingually administered. And the effects typically will continue to be experienced for up to 12 hours on a low dose, which is just a two milligram. And as long as 48 to 72 hours at your higher doses, like 16, 32. I don't know. Do you remember what your, like the highest dose you've ever seen someone have before? Uh, for, um, yep. I can tell you right now, the methadone, the highest I've seen is about, oh geez, about 120 milligrams a day. Wow. That's about 20 something mil. 20 mils, yeah. Yep. And then suboxone, the highest I see is just uh, 32 milligram. 32, yeah. I think 32 is the highest I've That's seen. That's quite high already. Yeah. So the prolonged duration of the effect at a high dose, as we were talking about before, enables alternate day and even third day dispensing regimens. So typically, the withdrawal syndrome following abrupt cessation of long-term buprenorphine usually comes out within three to five days of the last dose, with mild withdrawal features can continue up to several weeks. So when you want to reduce your dose of buprenorphine, so if you're taking above 16 milligrams, it, you reduce it by four milligrams per week or fortnight. If you're taking it between 8 and 16 milligrams, you want to reduce between 2 and 4 milligrams per week or fortnight. And if it's below 8 milligrams, you can 
reduce that less than two milligrams per week or fortnight. Yep. Um, in terms of the injection, which I forgot to mention, um, it even after you're stopping the treatment with the injection, for example, uh, the buprenorphine effect may still persist for quite a while, like a few months. So make sure that continue to monitor the person at side effects and potential drug interactions as well. Uh, but it's very it's a good option for people who like go to work every day and just have no time to come to pharmacy. Mm. So they can just go to clinic, get jab once a month or once a fortnight, and then good to go. Um, in terms of, uh, we can talk a little bit about like takeaway. So generally the patient don't get any takeaway at the start of the program because, you know, they need to be stable on it uh, just to make sure that the person follow the program correctly. And then after six months, generally, then they'll start introducing some takeaway into the program so they can sort of have a bit more freedom and leeway throughout their uh, treatment. Um, different states have different um, legislation for takeaway doses as well. Like one of my patients say like they came from Queensland and they give like whole month takeaway or something like that, like crazy amount. Oh, wow. Um, okay. But in Perth, like you can't do that. Like you, you can only do three to four takeaway, something like that. You know? Yeah. You, yeah. you might get I a one soft. Three. Yeah. 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 Three. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Like I mean, as a, if you have like holiday, something like that, they'll give you a one soft seven days, something like that. Mm. Uh, yeah. If you're going to go overseas, generally what happened is you have to send an application to next step and they will arrange you to dose in that country or you bring some dose with you. Um, um, what was that? Oh, yes. Uh, when I was at placement, there was some guy who, he's going to Vietnam. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, didn't know Vietnam do methadone. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. So they do. And there was this clinic, apparently it's quite near to my old house in Vietnam. So, okay, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, so good to know. Okay. Nice. You could always pop by next time you're allowed to go back home and yeah, just get familiar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have a takeaway. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, do you have any fun story about methadone or anything you want to well, put on top? Actually, recently, because um, one of our patients, they they didn't come in. So I was like, mm. oh, okay, it's unusual because they were quite good. Like they used mm. to come in. Um, but then didn't see them for a couple of days and then it got to three days. And then once it's been three days, like you need to contact the doctor if they come in again. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I'll contact the doctor just ahead of time. Just cause I was like, usually he's, he comes in. Mm. And so then, uh, turns out they changed to the injection. So I didn't know about that beforehand, but mm. yeah, it's quite handy having that monthly injection. Um, just get it done once and done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's just so convenient. If mm. I mean, if if I'm on the programs, I would probably go for the injection. Injection, yeah, but, uh, yeah. But you know, not there yet. Um, yeah, depends. I guess if you like, if you're okay with that sort of thing. But yeah, because yeah. like I mean, I quite enjoy because a lot of the people who are on the programs, I'm like sort of good friend with them. Like we we just share story and stuff, which is you know. And, mm. and and it's good to yeah. n- know sometime 
a lot of the case is not really their fault for falling into the opioid problems because like could just be mm. the mismanagement of painkillers uh, of opioid yeah. and then just somehow they tend to just rely on it which is unfortunately for them but uh, yeah, we just want to help them They're doing get the out right of thing. it yeah, yeah doing the right thing yeah exactly yeah, so. um, and I've seen quite a lot of people who finish the program like successfully no relapse nothing whatsoever which is mm. amazing yeah uh, and then you can really see a difference like when you see them again and like they just feel a lot better and yeah, definitely like it feels good seeing that. Yeah. That change. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to add on top? Uh, oh, have you had any um, diversion? Oh, plenty. Like, I, I, I caught yeah. a lot. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know. Like I've seen all this, all sort of tricks already. Um, mm. Unless you're like magicians, I can catch. Uh, uh, I can say I'm a magician myself. You know, you have seen my tricks, oh, yeah. my card tricks. Oh, so, yes, yes. You know, Sly of hand, all that stuff. Um, uh, yes, yes. How about you? Do you, do you see a lot of uh, diversion? Uh, like not a lot, but like I've seen my fair share. And like, it's interesting to see like the different ways that it happens. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's sort of like the treatments for yourself. We're trying to help you. Best not to divert, basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. But no, that's uh, about it from my side. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty big capsules of the opioid mm-hmm. substitution program. Um, again, if you guys have any questions or you like this episode, just give us a five-star review and uh, subscribe to the podcast. And we shall see you guys next week. See you then. Bye. All of the information provided on this podcast is for educational purposes only. If you have any questions, please see your healthcare professional.